We, we've introduced this idea of um, marbles in this church. And uh, if you haven't been here for that, I'll just tell you very quickly about that. We've, we've kind of grabbed this idea that 936 marbles represent a life, and it's representing a week of their life, and how we just, we, really what it creates is a sense of urgency that we really want to appreciate that every week counts, and that we want to invest every week, and just to be able to say, okay, um, this is super important, Lord, and we're pretty excited about that. And so we've got a, a Senior Day Marbles. This is really exciting for the parents in the room right now. I, I think that, uh, Joy Beth, you introduced Marbles to us, and here we are. We have four in here, and I might even be stretching it a week. 936, we're sitting in the room right now, looking at these beloved children and thinking, where did the 932 marbles go? I mean, where, what, what has happened? And I, I, you could look at this, honestly, as a parent right now. I could look at my kid on the front row and say, oh no, this is, this is just the worst day ever. Or, 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 what if, what if this isn't empty? I mean, what if this isn't an empty jar? But what if instead there are 932 weeks of incredible investment and hope and life? What if, I just want to read scripture off and on throughout this, what if people have contended for you seniors? What if there are people that have contended for your faith? Colossians 2 says it this way, people, that we don't have to say what if, people have contended for you with these truths, the truths of the living God as the desire of their heart. And I want you to know how they've contended for you, Paul says, my purpose is that you can be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that you may know the riches, not just the riches, the full riches of understanding in order that you can know the mystery of God, namely Christ. Praise the Lord. And so this, this jar, on one hand, for many of us, is a sadness jar. Um, Ecclesiastes says there's a time and season for everything, and I'm in... I'm intentionally not going to look at my kid throughout this because I am in mourning. We have been crying for two months and we get mocked as a mother and father now for our tears. You know, but where is a time of mourning, but there's also this time where we know that we have contended. And, and here's how I want to just kind of demonstrate. I was praying about how do we show this jar is full? And I don't think it has a lot to do with this jar. I think it looks like this. There are people in this room that have contended for you, class of 2014. They love you with all of their heart. And if you're, if you're a parent of a class of 2014, would you just stand for a moment and remain standing? You're going to remain standing for a while, by the way. That's awesome. We, we just, we, don't, don't sit down, parents. We just want you to know, class of 2014, that there are people that have contended, and here's what they've contended, that you would hide all the treasures and the wisdom and the knowledge of Jesus Christ in your heart. They've contended for that. If you're a grandparent of the class of 2014, one of these members, would you stand? And we're not going to clap for everyone, or we'll be here for quite a while. There's, there are people that have contended for that. Apparently, we are going to clap, and that's awesome. There are... I've just finished this incredible, incredible, incredible book um, that's really about earth and heaven. And um, there is actually, for some of you in this room right now, some people that are, have contended for you that are standing. They're just standing in heaven. And so can we just acknowledge that there are some looking through the portals of heaven, some moms and some grandparents that have contended on behalf of their children. And we are just grateful. Contended that all the wisdom and the riches of God would be made known. If you have 
um, ever worked ever in any realm in our preschool. There are people that have contended for you since you wore diapers. Would you stand if you have ever volunteered in any way, shape, or form in our preschool? Ever once. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so, um, so how about this? You don't get to sit down. You don't sit down. Everybody stand. Just stay standing. If, uh, if you have ever worked in our children's ministry, maybe even sponsored a child or gone to kids camp in any way, shape, or form, would you stand and just remain standing? If you've ever, if you've ever worked with our students in student ministry any way, shape, or form, if you've ever said, I know that there's some kids that can't go to camp, but I want to help them go to camp, would you stand and just remain standing? If, if you've ever just kind of looked around at these people and just uh, prayed for our student ministry, our children's ministry, our preschool ministry, would you stand and remain standing? And, and what, I, what I would want, class of 2014, 2014, for you to look around and say is, well, there's um, four marbles left. There's a whole slew of people that are standing around you that have prayed for you, that have prayed that you would step and contend and go about these great things of God. So 2014... We don't just have hopes for you. We have contended for you for 934 weeks of your life. And we will not stop. We'll prevail. This jar is not empty. It's just a different book. Here we go. So... This is a season of transition. You can be seated if you'd like. Stand if you'd like. It's kind of a season of transition though, right? And I love Paul because he talks about these transitions and he says... Look, I know there's 932 left, but here's what I want you to know. And he writes about this in Colossians 2. Though I am absent from you in the body. And, and this is where you're headed. You're headed to this point where, you know, mom and dad aren't there anymore. And here's what Paul says. Though I am now absent from you, I am present with you in the spirit. And it is a delight to watch how, listen, listen. It is a delight to watch how orderly you are and how firm your life is in the faith. And I think as a church, there are many that have stepped into this senior moment and we have poured our lives into you. And here's where we're going to delight. We are going to delight as you go and venture for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to go and delight as you stand firm in your faith. And, and that really is bigger than this, these seniors, right? Like we're actually finding delight in one another as God moves among our body. And, he, and this is what he says then, carrying on that thought. So then, just as you have received Christ as Lord, live in Him. Be rooted in Him. Be built up in Him. Be strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Listen to that. Be strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Be strengthened in what God has poured into you through moms and dads and grandparents and preschool and children and student workers. Be strengthened in what you have been taught. And here's going to be... This is huge. And it will not resonate for you right now, but it will resonate five years from now. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. You are going to walk on the campuses that are hollow and deceptive. See to it that nothing takes you captive. That, that depends on human tradition and the principles of the world. And there is no one to depend on rather than on Christ. And our prayer for you is there will be nothing rather than on Christ. So um, we've kind of been preparing for this moment and thinking about this moment. And we kind of want to look at it a little bit differently. We, we think this moment has a different picture than a jar with four marbles rolling around. And so um, we think this moment might actually look a little bit like this. <laughs> this is 
the 60-year jar. This is the jar that says to you guys, we don't know what mysteries God has, but we know that He will prevail. We have no idea what He's going to do in you over the next 60 years, but we think that there are multitudes and myriads of weeks where His life and His presence and His power and His abundance will be made known through you. And that is our prayer as a church. We're praying for this jar. This one, we have fulfilled our task. Almost. we got three left. Maybe four. But this one is not empty. It's preparing our hearts for this. I just want to continue to read Scripture. Scripture is so much better than I have. It says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, for Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. As you kind of, we kind of together um, look at the 60-year jar, we ask um, your parents to write out some things that we were praying for you for the next 60 years, maybe. And we're praying that God would do in your hearts. And so uh, there's no way I would read this. But uh, I have asked Ryan to just read some of the hopes and dreams that we have that are planted in, and maybe in the heart of this. But here's what we know. Um, as moms and dads, and I happen to be one this year, our greatest dreams can't touch what God wants for you. And we're praying that you will reap so much more than we could dream. And then we've asked Miss Margaret Anderson to come behind Ryan, and all of us as parents have written a prayer for you. And Miss Margaret is actually going to read a prayer written by the hands of your mom and your dad and just um, a hope and passion that we have. We've kind of taken all these and put them together so they can speak to everyone. So, Ryan, these are some 60-year hopes. Can you share some of them? Absolutely. That your eyes and heart are always fixed on Christ, that you find contentment in Him, that you will walk in the paths of His commands, for there is delight there, that your life will lead others to worship, that your worship will lead others to life, that your great boast is the cross of Jesus Christ and you boast gladly and loudly. That you will prepare to be the spouse that your future mate needs. That you will carry his name to the nations. You will dream dreams as big as your God. You will live with passion and conviction, joy and laughter. That your children and your children's children will fall in love with your God. Hungry will be fed, thirsty will drink, imprisoned will walk with freedom, the orphan will rejoice, the widow weep with joy because you live as Christ. That your life fulfills the admonition to follow me as I follow Christ. The gospel and grace of Christ abounds in and through you. That for you to live as Christ, to breathe Christ, to walk Christ, and to die Christ. All in and all for Him is gain. To love God, love others, and live sent. This is a prayer for your, from the heart of your parents to you graduates. And it is a prayer, so let's bow our heads in prayer. Father God, we trust that you know the plans that you have for our children. Your plans are for their hope and for their future. We trust those plans. Your zeal and hopes for them are rooted in the vibrant soil of the grace 
love and life that's been beautifully given in and through Christ, and we thank you, Father. Please guide them on a path that leads only to where you would have them to go. Please convict them with a hunger that you only, Lord, can feel and keep them grounded in your word. We pray that you, Lord, will bless our children with an understanding of what is right and that they will walk in a manner worthy of Christ and to be strengthened with all power to attain steadfastness and patience. Please surround them with godly people that will help encourage them and hold them to a life worthy of Christ. Guard our children from a society that will try to pull them away from you. We pray that you, O God, will grant them wisdom to make not just good choices, but that they will choose Christ. He is their all-consuming choice for wisdom, hope, and future. Father God, please bless our children. We pray, Lord, that above all else, they keep you first in their life. Fill them with the knowledge of your will so that they will gladly and willingly join you in your work. We pray that they will open their heart, that they will listen, find your path, set their fears aside, and watch the amazing things that you, O oh God, will do as they choose you and your plans. May they love you, Lord God, and listen to your voice. For the Lord is life, and he will give you many years for his glory in his name. While we hold much hope and much future for our child, we know that you hold even more. We're excited to see what you have in store for our child. Prosper them for your kingdom. Align their hearts for your name. Purpose them for your greatness. May your name and your renown be the desire of their soul. We love this amazing graduate, and we know that you love each of them even more. Greater things, yes, Lord, greater things in and through the grace of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and yes, amen.
So um, I'm going to not speak right now and just, would you guys mind just having a jam session for a while and just sit and play? I, um, Ryan taped, made a tape of them playing together Friday or Thursday. I don't know which. There is no such thing as a tape. They are now mocking me for my, at least I didn't say an eight track or a record, you know. Um, he made an MP3 of them playing the other day and sent it to me and and uh, I sent that to my mother and my father and several people. I sent it to their parents and just said, these guys are just being used by God. And my mom called me within 20 minutes. Many of you know she's walking through a battle with cancer. And she said, I was in the Psalms. And the minute you sent that, my heart just moved toward the Lord. And I am just so, so grateful to have a couple of seniors who will grab their instruments and raise them up with the doxology and multiple other songs for the sake of the goodness and the greatness and the wonder of our God. And so I don't think we have to sit around and say, oh, I wonder when the 60-year jar is going to go. This was, this was week one. The first marble is out. And I think week one for these two guys have been going on for quite a long time. I've just so enjoyed being led in worship by John John and by Skylar and just for their hearts that are turned to our God. I can't wait to figure out Chicago or JU or should we be selfish about that? I don't know. I'm not going to look at Vicky's steak right now because I know where she lands on that. So um, I just want to wrap up today um, with just planting one more step of thought. I had about three steps and being sensitive to the fact that we meet every week, I'm just going to give you one of those three steps of thought and just one more step deeper into this truth of a 60-year jar. If we could make the 60-year jar not for the class of 2014, but for our hearts. And and I am, uh, I am approaching... Um, over half of that 60-year jar gone for me. In fact, it will be in two months. And I really want to look at that with a sense of urgency about my life. Some of you are ahead of me in, um, in the 60-year jar, as in I've got 60 years left after 18 years, and some of you are behind me, but really what I want us is to all look at that and say, God, we're on this earth and this week matters. For the sake of your gospel, for the sake of your kingdom, for what you're about, this week really matters for us. And this week is really um, vital for us. I just wrote down a simple sentence based based out of Colossians, Philippians, Psalms, Psalm 27, that just, the sentence is in your notes, it just says, image bearers, which is a series we're just beginning, they give chase to things that are eternal. Image bearers of Jesus Christ chase towards the eternal. And maybe more more importantly, more significant than that, image bearers strain or impassioned for. Image bearers understand the 60-year jar and we live as if it counts. Image bearers are sitting around saying, hey God, here's what, here's what we want to be about. We want to be about your glory and your name. And that's all. If we could be defined that way, that would be beautiful. That's all we want to be about. I kind of landed on that as the fulcrum verse of image bearers, Colossians 3.17. And it's funny that he says this verse in Colossians 3.17 because, remember, he's writing a letter. The challenge for us is read this as a letter at least once a week. And so in verse 24, just five verses later or so, eight verses later, he's saying it again. So apparently this is pretty important to his heart. And so in in Colossians 3.17, as an image bearer, whatever we do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're giving God thanks in the middle of everything that we're about. I find it interesting to look down at verse 24 in light of the 60-year marble jar 
Since you know that um, whatever you do, verse 23, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. You're not about this for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ that you're serving. And so when we just, when we just kind of land here, here's what I know about people that are image bearers. We image bearers chase toward the eternal. That everything we're about, whatever we do, however we move and live and breathe, it's about the kingdom of God. And we understand that to reach in and say, it's Sunday, it's a new week. This is not a small thing. This week is a week that is given. Whatever we do, everything we're about, it is done as as if to the glory of God. And we're laying our lives down and saying, God, we're chasing the eternal because this week, I know I can look at this and go, that's big, that's 60 years. No, this is today. And when we walk in next week, God is looking at us and saying, if you are to bear the image of who I am and to walk about as my likeness on this earth and to be about my redemptive work, then you are going to live and move as if whatever, everything, every decision is made for the glory of my name. This week is a big deal. And I just, if I, if this could sink into your core today, image bearers chase toward the eternal. Image bearers will strain with all they have toward the eternal. I said these words last week. I just want to come back and say, image bearers will say, Jesus Christ, we desperately need your presence and your power to come in among us. John 15, 5 says it this way, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remain in, I in him, then he will bear much fruit. But he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Always, I mean, just that always rings out for me as no thing. There is nothing that I'm going to be about for the glory of God apart from the living God himself. And so we're just as image bearers saying, we're chasing the eternal. And to chase the eternal, God means we need desperately your presence, your power, your sensitivity, your life, your conviction. So God, we want to chase and strain toward the eternal. We can do nothing and we are nothing without Christ. I shared that last week, just coming back and saying, please believe this. The word of God must live and breathe among us for us to be able to say, you Christ are our hope, you Christ are our life, you Christ make this jar count, you Christ are what we're about. Image bears strain toward the eternal. I just wrote this down. I, was, I don't know why. Why would God give us a picture in John 15 of this idea of desperation for God that you can do nothing apart from Jesus Christ? Why would he give us a picture of a living thing whose life force, the very sap of our lives, the very bomb of our soul would be something that is mysteriously out of sight? I think it's very simple as he says this, image bearers chase that which is eternal. In this holy rest, this desperation for God, maybe, maybe, just maybe, for it to be an eternal matter, God is not nearly as concerned as our 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 exterior as he is on what's happening internally. And our hearts from the very inside out are saying, Jesus Christ, we are desperate for you. Jesus Christ, we want you to move among us. Jesus Christ, we do nothing without you. And that is this grand mystery of relationship that God is calling us toward. And I think, I think as a fellowship, I, I just have this single sentence merged with image bearers. I don't know the strongest word I could think of because Paul says strain. Image bearers lay down their lives to chase for the eternal. 
And what I believe God wants to do among us, and I want to keep unpacking next week, but I'll just say this and then illustrate or read Scripture and say, God, do this. I believe that this body of believers, or if you happen to be a guest coming in to watch your grandchild or your child, um, you as a follower of Jesus Christ must both deepen and broaden your devoted life with God. You just think it's that simple. And what most of us just heard if we've walked in church for a little while is I've got to have a better devotion and it's not what I'm saying. I am looking at you and saying for us to be a bearer of the image of God and to look at Him and say, Holy God, we want this jar to matter. We don't want to waste a single moment. Holy God, we must have our lives devoted to You. I don't have the words to really amplify what that looks like, but I know where to find them. In the 27th chapter of the book of Psalms, there's a guy that shares with us, his name is David, and he tells us this is what a devoted life looks like. One thing I ask, This is what I seek, that I could dwell in the house of the Lord forever, all the days of my life. That's just what I want to be about. If you're wondering when your pastor said image bearers, they chase after the eternal. When you're sitting in this room and thinking, what is this mysterious, passionate life that flows from the heart of God? What is he saying when he is saying we've got to be desperate for him? I'm saying this, one thing I want from God This is what I am desperate for from him. That I could sit in his house all the days of my life and that I might gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and I could seek him in the midst of his temple and I could see him in all of his days. I believe that for us to chase the eternal, to strain with all we have for the things of God is to be a people who sit before him and say, there is nothing else on life that matters except you, Jesus. And there is one thing, one person, one view, one beauty, one glory, one honor, one name, and I am desperate for that name. It is the name of Jesus Christ. All honor and all glory and all worth and all dominion be yours. And and in, in case you just kind of didn't connect with David, I love Paul in Philippians, the third chapter, when he looks across a room like this and says, please don't mistake this. I have achieved incredible things on this earth. And if you read his resume earlier, you would read that he probably accomplished more than most of us. And when he he talked about that, here's, here's what he had to say. But whatever gains were to me, this is Philippians 3, verse 7, and I'm just going to read for a while and close. Whatever gains were to me, I consider them lost for the sake of Christ. If you just back up on your own and read, his gains were significant. Whatever gains were for me, they were lost. What is, what is more? I consider everything a loss. And here's why. Because of surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, and I consider them scubala, rubbish, garbage, that I may gain Christ. Everything that we tend to pursue in this earth, Paul says, most of it, I stood on top of the mountain and they put a stole on me and they called me a doctor and I was at the epitome, I was at the apex, I was on top. And I have lost all of that and I consider it the greatest joy on this earth because what I have gained is Jesus Christ. I have gained the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. All else was scubala. It is the most harsh word of the harsh form of the word dung that you can imagine. And he says it is all dung for the surpassing greatness of Jesus Christ. Some of you are like, can we say that in church? 
Paul had much more to say about that. And I love this. In being found in Him, I don't have a righteousness of my own anymore that comes from the law, but which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And then here's the answer. It's the same as David in Psalm 27. I want to know Christ. If you're just wondering what the secret, the mystery is to being able to say an image bearer of Jesus Christ chases toward the eternal strains, that is it. I would circle that and highlight it and beg of it from the heart of God. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection, the participation in His suffering, becoming like Him in His death, and somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. Wow. And here's where he's at. And here's where we all are. Not that I have attained this yet, or have arrived at my goal. Image bearers strain toward the eternal. Here. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold for me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Image bearers stand in the middle of the fray of life. And unlike most around them say, there's one thing that I could just do. It would be the most glorious thing on this planet if I could just gaze upon your beauty, Lord. If I could just spend every single moment of my life in the midst of your worship and your presence, I would count it a joy. I strain, not that I'm there yet, but I strain with every fiber of my being to know you, Jesus Christ to lay aside my own pride and selfish gain, to set aside what I count as, as gain and to count it loss for the sake of you. I put it away and I gain you. I chase you. I come after you. You are all. And if I could just somehow gain the resurrection through you, Jesus Christ, I count it privilege. Image bearers, chase, strain, are passionate for the eternal. And I just wonder if we are a people of one thing or many and what God wants to do to compel us to be a people of one. One king, one name, one hope, one savior, one Lord. Praise you, God, from whom every blessing flows. Jesus, I pray that you will move across our fellowship in, in a manner that that we actually have a visual to look at as we respond and we sing. God, I pray that you will move in our hearts in such a way that we will truly carry your name and that our lives will just count. God, I just pray for this room right now that you would move our hearts toward being a people of one thing and one name. God, I pray for those of us in this room, and God, I am the chief. God, I just pray for those of us in this room who have sought other things to attain. And we have lost you. And Jesus, I pray that we will put them aside.
They are rubbish. And we will give chase to you. Jesus, I pray that you will be our one pure and holy passion. Our one glorious ambition. God, I pray that you will raise up a, a group of image bearers in this room. A group of people who are about one person. So our students are going to close the service just leading us in worship. They're leading us in a song that just says, God, we want to carry your name to the ends of the earth. I think to some measure we're praying that for them. But we're not praying that solely for them. We're praying that for us. And so as we just worship for a while, if God has burdened your heart to just simply come and 